is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employee Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Hello, Fun Employed friends. You are listening to another episode of the Forever Fun Employed podcast. I'm your host, Jana Hall, and it has been a little bit since I've last uh, talked with you all. It's, you know, I've been taking some time to focus on work and to, you know, knock some important things out while we're in this quarantine and going through all this stuff. And so I took a much needed break, but we are back. And I'm super excited about today's episode because I have the one the only Patrick Hall here, my oldest brother, (laughs) the man, the myth, the legend, who you all probably don't know much about, but um, he's here visiting from Austin, and so I'm super excited to have him on and talk about money. That's what we, you know, our last episode with uh, Aaron Smith, the financial advisor, we talked about investing and things like that, but today we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I think a lot of people, a lot of women especially, um, black people, women, we struggle with this whole idea of asking for more money. We struggle with the idea of negotiating. And so Patrick here, uh, we were having a conversation a few days ago and he kind of just talked about his experience with negotiating, being real bold and audacious and just not caring what people have to say and asking for what he wants. And so I figured this would be the perfect opportunity so come on here and uh, have him share some stuff. So hello, Patrick. Hey, Jenna. Welcome. I'm, a, um, I'm glad I'm here. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. So tell the people a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, I said you're from or you're in Austin. Yeah. So, you know, just talk about who you are, what you do, yeah. all that good stuff. Well, obviously, I'm Jenna's oldest brother. I um, work for Apple in supply chain I'm in Austin, Texas, where they have their America's headquarters. Um, just, you know, work managing all the supply demand assumptions for iPad and I've been doing that for the last five years. Prior to that, I was working for Texas Instruments and Operations, um, managing a whole bunch of different things there. Um, Spent a little time in Oslo, Norway for a year, uh, working on their P&L there. So a lot of experience in supply chain, whether it be in the semiconductor or consumer goods space. Um, But yeah, that's uh, that's me. That's me in a corporate shell, a nutshell. Outside of that, I'm a father, a husband, and you know, I deal with the same things everyone else does with trying to figure out money and how to make more of it and um, you know, that's it. Well, you do pretty well uh, with, the, <laughs> with the money stuff. I mean, you got a good handle on it, I, I, I will say. I can't complain. I mean, but it's, a, it, you know, like everything, it, it looks easy. It looks like I got it all together, but there's always things I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the key with money is you never know everything. So you right. always want to learn more and try to get more knowledge and, and that will help you kind of get to that next level. All right. So you have been, I mean, you're in finance. You majored in business yep. at Coastal Carolina. Yep. Go Shants. Um, so how did, did you always have an interest in money? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that I always have an interest in money. Yeah, I did always have an interest in money. I think, uh, when I was 15, 16 years old, I used to walk around with little notebooks, uh, kind of chronicling everything that I had like to spend Mm -hmm. because I just didn't understand, like, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people who had a check and then like, I don't know where all my money went. I needed to know. So I kind of just like write down, here's what I had coming in here, are the purchases and, um, you know, kind of started building. I guess that was the, the start of my budgeting aspect there. On the back of those little notebooks, you say, I'm going to be a millionaire. You know, that was kind of like my declaration to myself mm-hmm. to be like, hey, get this thing in order. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. So then I, st- I had an interest in money there, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. I really, um, I don't know how much anybody else knows about me, but I always wanted to play football. Football was the only thing that I cared about uh, for the most majority of my life. Uh, and then when that came to an end after college, um, after I played a little bit of arena ball, um, you know, I really wanted to get into the business side. But before that, I'd say that in college, I wanted to be a communications major. So it was like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm not going to play football. I want to at least be involved with football. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of be on ESPN and yeah. using that platform. You'd be um, good at that, actually. I think you'd. I would have loved that. <laughs> but um, I don't know why I didn't do that. Now I think about That's it. That's actually a, a, would yeah, have been a, a smart back, move. I might go back and just scrap all <laughs> you this. You still could have ended up a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, but, you know, then I was I remember I was making mixtapes at my first college. I went to Geneva College for my first year. Um, I was making mixtapes like in the communication studio, like at one o'clock in the morning. 
I was really trying to holler at this girl, but <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but I, I was using I was using what uh what I learned in the communication studio to make this mixtape for, and I realized I was like, yo, nigga, this, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was like, this is not gonna make any money. What mixtape? Yeah, like just working in communications. <laughs> I remember it hit me like right then. I was like, you're not gonna make no money, no. Ass, bro. And I, mean, I was like, and so then I switched my uh, um, my major over from communications to to business and. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. I mean, you could have you could have made you talk you you were a talker. Yeah. Um, and so that that could have been a good a good move for you, but I feel like your mind has always just really been. Yeah. I remember shoot when we were little, we have baby we have pictures in our photo albums of you fixing like VCRs yeah. and stuff. Like you've always just been really. I don't know on that yeah. on that side of stuff. I'm more the creative. I feel like you're yeah. more of the technical, practical kind of thing. I definitely am. I'm, and you know, math was always like my strong subject. And you I hate know, math. I'm, I'm still great can't do math. it. I love math and math, and I was like, and I wanted to know about money, and that's kind of what led me to finance. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of like that whole combination of math and money, which which made me you know have my undergrad in, in finance, and then also get my MBA in finance and accounting. Okay, and so you got your start at Texas Instruments. Yep. So that's like your your first job within your industry um and from there that was your first taste of like really kind of um i mean because that was a good paying job i mean and you had lots of perks they sent you to norway so was that when you really started to pay attention to your money and being as you know um i know you talked earlier about you know when you were in high school but on a larger scale on a larger scale i would i mean no let me back up a little bit because i think that was the time I first had money, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the first time I really started paying attention to my money. I think um, being in college, I don't know how your college experience was. I was extremely broke. Like oh, I was, broke, you know, broke. I gave plasma. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> on the regular, uh, I didn't have anything. So it was really, you know, I had to budget it down to the T. And that's when I created my budgets, my spreadsheets that I still use mm-hmm. to this day. It was very rudimentary. Y'all, those budgets, those spreadsheets <laughs> are. If y'all want it, just send me a DM. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> it's intense. You'll have to text me and I have to walk you through it. But trust, yeah, <laughs> we'll send it to you. But. but he knows, I will say, he knows his money down to the cent. Yeah. He, we were talking the other day and he actually called his bank because he noticed a 10 cent difference. It was wrong. And they gave him my money. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I went back, checked my numbers like five times. They was wrong. So I was like, I need my money. You need to run me back. <laughs> But I mean, that's how you, that's how you get rich and that's how you stay rich is, you know, exactly where your money's going at all times. Um, but the reason why we're here is because we need to talk about how to make money. Yeah. And a lot of us, you know, we have no problem, you know, getting a job. That's, that's nothing. But you know, the, the other side of getting a job is the climb. Yeah. And you know, a lot of us, we stay stuck in one place. I know I struggled. You had to help me before with negotiating more money. Um, wasn't quite successful, but you know, I think that's the biggest, you know, I can attest to it as an entrepreneur, setting rates and, you know, going higher and, you know, clients are it's so much pushback. But yeah. even when you're working at a, a, a corporate job, you have to deal with proving your worth. You have, you know, it's not just you setting your price, like how I do with my clients. You have to go against this machine right? and say, okay, I want more money and here's why. So right. how did you get comfortable or get the confidence to start negotiating um, your salaries? It kind of goes back to a long line and just like in life in general. So mm-hmm. anytime in life where you don't get what you want and you didn't speak up on it, mm-hmm. that kind of just frustrated me. So for those, you know, something in football or something with mom or dad or mm-hmm. whatever it was, if I didn't say something about it and I didn't get it, then I would always be mad at myself, right. not at someone else. And right. so then I was like, there's never going to be an opportunity in my life where I don't ask for what I want. If I don't get it, then it's not my fault. It's the whoever's mm-hmm. fault that didn't want to give it to me. Like yeah. I asked for what I wanted. And so uh, I just had to get to that point where I was willing to ask for it. And then um, just being bold, like kind of like you mm-hmm. said, just being bold and being aggressive and knowing your value. I think right. the key is most people say, hey, they're paying me $60,000. I'm going to be worth 60000 No, you're worth what you're allowed, what you're going to accept. Mm-hmm. And there's always a lot of wiggle room in those ranges that they pay you. And I'm, I think 99% of us are not in the top of those ranges. Right. And so what we need to do is be like, you know, be able to articulate clearly hey here's my value here's what i see my value as here's what i want here's why um and then again that you might not be successful but at least you ask for it and then right. you know hey i'm not going to get what i want here and mm-hmm. you can decide if you need to waste your time here yeah or go somewhere else it's right. um, yeah it's very so important you do that i heard someone told me um that when a job is posted and it has a salary range they they have the company has allocated the top 
part of that range. Yeah. Um, and so whether or not they give it to you is a different thing, but they have that much money. Yeah. And sometimes they have even more than that. Like, you'll realize that they're saying they're willing to pay you within this range. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak to how my company works. Apple, they have pay bands. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm getting paid. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting paid. And I was talking to my manager one day and I was like, so... You know, where am I at? Like, you know, he was like, I can't really tell you exactly, but you haven't even hit the midpoint of your pay band. Wow. And I was like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> at that point, my mom was like, bro, I need to get this Is he money. the one in charge of giving you a raise? Yeah. Well, he was at the time. He was going into a new role. Oh, okay. I was and about I, to say, that's real bold of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're an employee. Like, yeah, I'm not paying you nearly as much. I ain't paying you nearly as much. You thought it was something. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I mean, they were paying me well. And I wasn't mad about it. And I was actually happy with what I was getting. I was getting, you know, good solid raises and everything and bonuses and stock and everything you would want. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, I'm always like, how do I get rich? Right. I don't want to just get paid. I want to get right. rich. And so I was like, all right. And I saw him. He was, he's a year older than me. He was my manager at the time. He had a lake house. He had a Porsche. He his wife had a Porsche. Oh wow! Um, Porsche truck, and then he had another. Uh, be- he just bought a beach house, and so I'm looking at all of this stuff, and I'm like, we work at the same place. He's right. a year older than me. Now, granted, he's my manager, but like, okay, that to me said I either need to get to where he's at mm-hmm. in the company, or I need to, you know, find a way to get this bread. And so I just started asking questions, and you know, finding people. I, this is another important part, topic, like. You have to have somebody you have a relationship with in your organization. Yeah. I was able to have those conversations because I was able to find somebody that was comfortable with me and I was comfortable with them. If you don't have that relationship, if you don't have that person kind of being your champion, your career is not going to go the yeah. way you want it to, no matter how good you yeah. are. So uh, that's one of the things you need to make sure that you have before you ask for anything is like, hey, make sure you have the relationship with the people you're talking to. Um, so that way, if you do ask them, because they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you right, deserve yeah, raise. They got to go talk to someone else. Right. So make sure that they're you willing to be like, hey, yeah, I think he's right. There's a um, So there's a book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. No. It's by Marshall Goldsmith. I, I, <clears throat> I mention this all the time in the podcast, but it basically talks about at a certain point in your career, how high you go has nothing to do with what you can actually do. Right. It, it's all about your interpersonal skills. It's all about your relationships. Um, and so it teaches you how to build those relationships, how to, um, you know, kind of build goodwill within your company and just and build a solid reputation so that when you do need to have mm-hmm. these kind of conversations, it's, it's easier. You can, yeah. you can climb more. And so you had that relationship and so you were able to yeah. work your way up. Yeah, that was, that was the key. It was really just being able to have somebody that was comfortable with me and I was comfortable with them and I was, you know, comfortable to ask any kind of question. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, when you have someone that you're talking to, you, you know, you have a one-on-one or a meeting with whoever you're, you're higher up and you're just talking completely about work. You don't really have a relationship. Right. But, you know, I'm, I know about their family. They know about my family. Mm-hmm. They know about things that are going on in my life. Those things matter. As much as you say, hey, this is business. And people, yeah, people get really, uh, really weird about that. Matter. So you, you that's important yeah, to, like, was... get, because per- some people are like, look, we work together. Right. When I leave, like, you don't need nothing but going on in my right. life. But you say... I mean, to be completely honest, I feel the same way. I just don't <laughs> act the same way. You right. Know? Like, hey, yeah, there's things... I know you want to talk to me about my family. And yeah, okay, cool. We can talk about X, Y, and Z. Like, make sure that you, you're you able to keep your boundaries. Yeah. But play the game. Yeah. If you want to get paid, play the game. If right. You, it's if, you just, if you're cool getting your paycheck and getting what you're getting, don't play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, you know what they want. They want to feel like they know you. They're yeah. not gonna. They don't want to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna promote this person to higher up. Mm-hmm. I don't know this person. Right. Think about where you want to go and how you want to get there. And if they don't know you, they're not gonna put you there. Right. Because honest to God, it's them putting you there. It's not you earning it. Right. Like, as much right. as you want to say, it, <laughs> right. They're they. I mean, look at the people who are in management positions. It's because they feel comfortable with people who mm-hmm. look like not them, that they're who, more qualified, who act like them, who more talk experience. like them. It's it's that brotherhood, that bond. Yeah. And if you're not in that. You're always going to be on the outside looking at it. So then, so with all that considered, does it, is it kind of um, weird, kind of, is it harder for you to just be completely yourself? Because, I mean, you're vulgar, you like to joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you need to code switch or do you... Code switch? They don't even know me. <laughs> I remember I was, on the, I was on the phone with like one of my, uh, Gerard, one of my real friends from back at home. And this was like 7 a.m. We got in early and I think it was me and... Two other of my coworkers there, and none of my managers were around. So I was just talking as my normal self, mm-hmm. and kind of you know lower tone. And then I got off the phone, and Tyler was like, "Yo, who was that?" <laughs> like, like I was like, "Who was on the phone?" He's like, "No, who was that person? You were just like that person <laughs> right. that was just standing in that queue right. talking that way. Like, who was that?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, it's called code switching. You know, like yep. black people have to do it all the time." I said, "You come to work, you can be your, your unadulterated self. self. Yep. I cannot do that. They throw me out of here." Yep. 
And so, yeah, you got to code switch. It's, it's very necessary. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some people, they, you know, they stick to their guns. I'm, no matter what, I'm going to just beat me. And I'm like, do that and be, be broke. Your, <laughs> be I, your, do that and be broke. I, that's it, fine. It's, it goes back to playing the game. And it's yeah. an unfortunate reality that we have. But unfortunately, some people just aren't. They're not familiar, and whatever's not familiar is yeah. they view it as you know something that's scary. And right. so, you know, I had to explain to my mentor one time after she used to be my boss at mm-hmm. Girl Scouts, and and afterwards, she and I became friends. And I went out to California to see her, and I introduced her to this whole idea of code switching, and she just couldn't believe it. She was right. just like, "I come to work every day as my full self. I can't believe that some people." And I'm like. That's the thing. So I'm showing her YouTube videos, the one of Obama going mm-hmm. through and like yeah. that. <laughs> and then I said, now watch. And I FaceTimed Melissa because mm-hmm. Melissa worked at Girl Scouts with me, but we both, I used to call her Karen. Right. I was like, you putting on Karen voice today? Who's leading the webinar? Karen's leading the webinar? <laughs> so I said, just watch. So I called Melissa. She's like, hey girl, what up? Just talking completely yeah. different. And I'm like, see? When you're not at work, <laughs> this is how we talk. Melissa's accent came out. Right. I mean, it's just, we just... We can't be our full selves, unfortunately. That's true. It's a part of the game until hopefully that one, you know, that changes one you, day. But you can't be your full self until you play the game and you win it. And the key, what I like to call winning, it is against is obviously getting out, starting your mm-hmm. own business, or working for someone else who's also black who can help build their own business. Like, but in the meantime, in between time. Right. You know, play the game to beat the game. Yeah. And I mean, don't compromise your values. No, you know, don't do anything that not is, you know, I don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, y'all say don't be yourself. No, be yourself. Yeah. Be true to yourself. Just but... be yourself with like a dash of Coke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't drink just, I don't know, you drink Henny. I drink Henny straight. Uh, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> like, of course you do. But did. I mean, if you know, you don't drink Henny straight, you put a little dash of Coke or whatever. Or you apple might juice. cut it with some uh, cranberry, whatever you like to cut it with. <laughs> I don't know about that apple juice, but whatever it is, <laughs> cut it a little bit just so it's a little easier to take. Right. You still get drunk. That's true. So um, actually going back to something you mentioned before when you were saying, um, you know, you can never be upset with someone for yeah. not giving you what you haven't asked for. And yeah. that and that actually I was getting ready to post it on my Instagram because that was the thing that my therapist said in our, in our last session. Yeah. You know, I'm venting her about a situation and she's like, well, have you done everything you can do to show up for yourself? Mm-hmm. And I was like. No, I haven't done anything. I just said, this is BS and I'm out. Like right. She's like, but no, how can you really be upset with a situation if you know you haven't done everything you can to show up for yourself? You haven't spoken up for yourself. You haven't made your side clear. Like you haven't done anything. And that's the same way with negotiating. Like if you're going to show up for yourself. Right. You're going to take everything that you know you have to offer a company. Yep. And, and present it and ask for what you deserve. Yeah. And so, you know, that's really the, the basis of negotiating is yeah. showing up for yourself. Absolutely. I mean, you can't, nobody's going to be a bigger champion than you. Mm-hmm. You have to really be in your own corner and say, whether it's justified or not. Mm-hmm. I asked for a raise recently. I'm not going to say it was justified. <laughs> I am perfectly happy. So then why'd you ask for it? Because I wanted it. <laughs> I was sitting down looking at my budget and I looked, I said, I want 10% more. And 10% more is a lot. So that's I was like. Yeah, I want 10% more. And I thought about it, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to ask. That's kind of crazy. And then I thought about it, and I said, no, it's not so crazy. And so I sat down, and it take exactly what I did. I said, okay, what are the projects that I've worked on recently? What kind of time savings have they had? What kind of dollar savings have they had? What kind of improvements has it had in the organization? Who's using the things, you know, company-wide that I've built? Mm-hmm. How many organization-wide events have I, you know, um, contributed to? Like, I've, I started an event at Apple that now the whole campus wide in Austin uses like they oh, they go wow. to it. It's called the fiscal New Year bash. Like we at first we went one year we were just joking. We we're like, hey, let's do a fiscal New Year's Eve party. And it was like a couple of us in a group. Mm-hmm. Four years later, it's a site wide event. Wow. All, all Apple does. We send it all. You know, we send pictures all across the globe to Cupertino, to Europe. You know, the whole mm-hmm. everybody knows about it now. That was me and another wow. coworker. So when you start to look at what you've done and start to things you things you've built up, not just work stuff, things mm-hmm. from morale. You say, you know what? I'm taking an inventory of the things I've done, and here's why I want 10% right. more. And you've even done those uh, one of those iconic <clears throat> Apple speeches where you have on the black sweater, yeah. and, you, <laughs> and you broadcast it to... I forgot I had a black sweater on. I did have a black sweater on. That wasn't even I feel like special. that's the Apple look. It is it's kind of the like black the sweater yeah. I just on a, stage. I just felt more comfortable in a black shirt, but now that you <laughs> mentioned it, I was in a black shirt on the Yeah, like, I, you know, I stood in front of numerous Apple's employees, over 500 or you know, 5,000 you know, wide in the ops organization to talk about something that we achieve as a team. And so, mm-hmm. like, 
I just look, not to try to toot my own horn, but as I look back on what I've done in the five years that I was there, uh, some of the sacrifices that I've made for myself and my family, Mm -hmm. you know, going back and forth, living in Dallas and working in Austin when I could have easily left Apple, um, turning down another job offer, which I didn't even mention. Like, like, look, Mm -hmm. they were going to pay me 10% more. I didn't bring that up because to me, I, one thing I don't believe in doing is leveraging your current employer with another employer. Mm. Some people do it. Some people think it's a good strategy. I don't. I don't like it because it always says you already have one foot out the door. Mm. Why would we invest more in you? For, so for oh, that's me, a good point. so for me, it's, it's like, like a relationship. Yeah, it's like a relationship. Like if I told you, hey, babe, you know, I really want to be with you for life. But, you know, if you don't do what I'm asking, <laughs> I'm about to go over to Sharonda. <laughs> Sharonda was talking real good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nah, that's not how. Like, think, right. about, think about a relationship. <laughs> right. Like, it would oh, not yeah. fly. I mean, Sharonda went on a couple dates. It was kind of, it was kind of <laughs> hype. So if you, you know, you don't pick it up. Sharonda might be Sharonda, the one. Sharonda might be the one. Nah, that's not. <laughs> it's, that's not how this goes. And so, like, I mean, granted, it's not a relationship, but still, nah, I just don't. I don't like it. It doesn't feel comfortable to me. I don't want to say, hey, do this for me, or else. I want you to want to do it for me. I yeah. want you to see the value in me that I see. I want us to be on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I work hard for you, and you should. You should see that. Right. So, do you do you keep um, kind of routine like? Just a running list, like always of things that you've been doing. I mean, because a lot of people, it's easy to forget about what you've yeah. done when you, that, when it's crunch time, it's time to negotiate. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. And so you forget really how much value you've brought to the company. And so yeah. do you recommend people kind of, you know, just keep mental notes of like these wins? At the end of every week, I used to make notes of what I worked on. So I would, you know, Friday before I left, I would just kind of jot down, okay, this week I accomplished this. I finished this on time. This didn't work out. Next week you need to do X, Y, and Z. You know, you got in an argument with this person. You wanted to punch so and so in the face. Like it could be, it's my personal <laughs> notes. Nobody sees right. this. Right. Of know? every good or bad. Yeah, like yeah. good or bad. Like I just want to say, like what happened this week. Mm-hmm. And so during the, my review, because what what they ask us to do is to write our own reviews. Like, hey, here's what you worked on. Here's why I think I'm this. You know, out of a scale of one to three, here's why I think I've achieved X, Y, and Z. If I'm gonna supposed to be doing that, if I can't articulate. I've done an excellent job. Right. Who can articulate I've right. done an excellent job? Right. So I am making sure that I'm jotting down all the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Hey, we had a constrained period here and here, minimize escalations, whatever that might be. Jotting it down, making sure I take note of it. So when I go back and say, oh, what happened in my year? Oh, okay. Yeah. And sometimes this stuff is like, eh, normal week, mm-hmm. no big deal. But over a course of a month, you should have solid notes for every single month yeah. in your year so you can kind of look back at it. And I mean, I don't do it all the time. I should do it more often again. I should do that too. But yeah, like every week, just kind of look back and say, hey, I'm done with this week. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then that kind of informs how you act next week if you need yeah. to work a little harder or whatever. But yeah. it's, it's, I think it's good to just like stand back and just look at everything. Like yep. Look at the full picture and see how you can improve, where you're good, yeah. things like that. Um so all of these things are kind of this whole, the language and culture of corporate America. Yeah. How hard was it for you to, to get to that place where you can speak the language, play the game? Like, what did you have to do? Was it a learning curve? Um, yeah. Or, you know, what prepared you? Because I know you were a wall fellow at Coastal, mm-hmm. and that was a business program. Yeah. And was it like an honors program, business honors? It's kind of like a, it's kind of, it's an esteemed program where they pretty much prepare you for. The rigors of corporate America, they try to make you like pretty much in an executive level. Um, that's where they want you to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really not like a additional honors, but it's really a, a really intensive preparatory for the, for the for the life that you're going to have to mm-hmm. live outside of corporate America. And I did. I do feel, feel like it did help prepare me, um, but I was not ready mm-hmm. when I walked into TI. It, it's part of the culture, mm-hmm. um, but it was also part of me being young. I was 27 right. and... Just the only job I ever had before was playing football and then working for mom. Right. So me, I'd never <laughs> stepped in a corporate environment before. Like I was really rough around the edges. Smart, mm-hmm. could figure anything out. But the amount of rigor and the work that they wanted me to do originally, I was like, man, I ain't about to do all that, man. Like I get you these answers done. But like, chill out, bro. Like, come on now. Like I'm gonna get you, you these answers. It's seven o'clock. You still texting me, bro? Like, <laughs> like, right. I'll get this to you tomorrow. Right. Like, you know that is that's something you don't get prepared for. Right. It's it was it was a learning curve. And so I think my and I think in, I luckily I had some really good uh, first bosses at TI, and they were just pretty straightforward and kind of almost kind of hard on me. Like, look, mm-hmm. you do this or you don't. I don't care. But you sink or swim. I'm just gonna throw mm-hmm. you in there and there. And it was. It was a big learning curve, but once I got it, I got it. And it was just like, boom. 
So what, when you say rough around the edges, you mean in terms of structure? Um, I had the structure. Like, I knew what I needed to do, but I just wasn't... I guess I wasn't really willing to put in the late nights and the long mm-hmm. hours. Because, like, it takes a lot. Like, if you really want to be good in corporate America or you really want to be promoted and looked at as somebody they can pass the torch to, they want to know they can trust you. Right. And what that means is, like, you can't just go work nine to five and be like, okay, they trust me. No, you got to put in time and hours and you know, be proactive on things like giving them things before they're asking for it mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I noticed this issue, but don't worry about it. I took mm-hmm. care of it. Or, hey, notice this issue. You haven't taken care of it, but this is what I think I'm going to do about it. What are your thoughts? Right. So, like, just kind of getting ahead of things. And to me, it was like, okay, let's do stuff, but let's not do too much. I didn't want, I mean, I didn't really want to do too much when I first started. My mind was, I was my mind was everywhere else. Um, but then I realized the game that you had to play. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. It was like maybe three months in. And I was like, all right. Let's get serious about this and let's, you know, give them all. And I'll be, to be completely honest, it was a really challenging time. It was, I was miserable. I was like, man, I'm about to go play, play football. Like, I really was yeah. like, I just, it's hard. I it didn't want to do this. I was it's like, hard. I don't want to do this. And I, I was trying to find ways out and I was like, nah, just stick with it. You're making good money and you'll figure it out. And slowly but surely, I started to figure it out. And I think they saw that I was figuring it out. And that's when they sent me to Norway and, you know, things, mm-hmm. um, things were going fine. I think I was doing well there, but I felt, Again, I wanted more than they were willing to give me. Mm-hmm. And part of being aggressive, again, is always betting on yourself, is um, they were constantly telling me, hey, you're doing well, you're doing fine, we really see potential in you. But when I was getting, I was getting raises, I really wasn't getting really big bonuses, and I wasn't getting any stock. And to me, I'm like, hey, look. And I, I just went to my boss straight up one day, I said, look, we and you have a good relationship. I like it here. I like working for you. But when you send me, like, when you, at the end of the year, when I get my white sheet saying, hey, this is your raise, this is your bonus, this is this, this is not telling the story that you're telling me during the year. Right. So one of y'all lying. Right. I don't know which one of y'all it is. Right. Am I not doing a good job? Or is right. oh, am I doing a good job just not enough? Because if everybody's getting this, like, the sal- everybody's getting a salary, everybody's getting a pay increase for the most part. If I ain't getting no stock, if I'm not getting no extra mm-hmm. bonus, I'm not seeing no extra love here. Right. I want to feel extra love. I'm, I'm emotional. I'm needy. <laughs> you got to give me extra love, baby. You want to make me happy, you got to give me extra love. And not just lip service. Cut the check. Yeah, like cut the check. Extra love. I don't... You can tell me I'm doing I don't want good. no award. Don't, don't care about that. Man, I could tell you some stories about that. I said, look, man, y'all could give me some penny in awards if you want to. But if that, that, them dollars don't come along with it, I'm going to be looking at you like, bro, you slipping. It don't matter. You're it does not matter. Slipping. I mean, they're nice to hang up, but. No, nah, they not. I don't. You can't. I don't even look at them things. I got to award some TI that I don't don't know where they are. But I promise <laughs> you this. I know where all that money went. Yeah. So, so how, is, how important is it? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned stock. So yeah. you were getting stock at TI. You yeah. get a lot of stock at Apple. Yeah. So how, how important is it for an employee to, to look at that as a part of kind of what they should be either negotiating or looking for when they're when they're you know agreeing to a salary well here's how i look at it i think how i looked at it before is a little different like i really wasn't interested i was interested in getting stock as a part of on top of my base now how i look at things is total comp Mm -hmm. what is my total yearly comp what is the total value of things that i could say are cash and so let's say i'm making a hundred thousand salary Okay, then I got you know twenty thousand in bonuses. That's one twenty. Let's say I got fifty thousand in stock. My total comp that year is one seventy. Before I would have just looked at it as you know I'm making a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and the bonuses I really don't count. I mean I count them as cash, but like you can't count on them that you guarantee you're gonna get them every year, right? Right. But as you get them, as you realize them, you're looking at your total comp. So when you leave a company and they're like, oh, we'll pay you one hundred twenty thousand. Cool. But what are you your, getting? What's your bonus structure? What's your what's your stock structure? And all of that makes it harder and harder to, to, to hop from company to mm-hmm. company because as you look at it, you like, I've done it myself. I was like, man, um, I'm about to go over here. This I'm about to get this paper over here. And I looked at, I was like, dog, you make you make sixty thousand dollars more than they offered you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, when you look at the total, right. yeah. Like when you're looking at everything, and so and it's so hard to figure out because you don't know all the details, the inner workings of a mm-hmm. company, but. Those are very important questions to ask. Like, yeah. what is it's your so employee, much more than salary? What is your employee stock purchase program like? What is your four hundred one k matching like? Mm-hmm. What are your um, you know? Do you have a pension fund? Like all of those questions. Uh, what is your vested stock schedule? Do does it vest immediately? Does it vest over four years? Does it vest over a year? All of those different things are important because mm-hmm. let even if they give you the same amount of stock, what if it all vests in four years? What if yeah. it, it? So that means you're locked into a company for four years, and the next lump you're going to get is four years later or something like that. Versus 
you get it every six months. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things are extremely yeah. important because it, it, it determines how much cash you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And when and, we talk about building wealth, that's part of it. Huge. It's huge. It's more than just the salary. The salary, I think, is just one small component. But they paying you these- for showing up. That's paying you for showing up <laughs> and doing what you're supposed to do. Everything else is like, all right, we want to keep you. Right. Because if you're just getting a nice salary, that's cool, but... They they go do some extra some extra for you if they really right. want to keep you. I, it's funny. So the um <clears throat> the last interview I did the um I did one called Millennials and Our Money and it mm-hmm. was with a millennial financial advisor, um and he was he was talking about how you don't have to make tons of money from your job mm-hmm. to be wealthy. Ah. And he had he had a client who worked at Lowe's, mm-hmm. making you know however you know like right. less than forty or something like that. And when he retired, he was a millionaire. Yeah. Because he had so much stock. Yeah. And he, you know, people don't really think about the stock yeah. options of their company. Yeah. They don't think to ask that. And so that's the, I think that's a good way to build that wealth is to, you know, not just rely on your salary, but, you yeah. know, find those other, those other avenues. Here's what I'll say about stock. If your company participates in any type of stock program, max it out. If your company gives you any kind of stock options and you get them. Hold them if you can, if you don't need to sell them, and we're keeping them in the market. As long as you don't take the cash and just burn it, mm-hmm. I don't care what you do with it. But make sure you participate in those. Because even if it's an employer stock purchase program that you know you get 15% of whatever the price is from whatever time frame, that is a guaranteed 15% extra mm-hmm. money in six months or a year or whenever you get yeah. it, right? You know, like, so if you said, let's say you took all the money you would, you would spend every, every month, you got 15% more right there. And that's the minimum you'll have is 15% yeah. more. So, I mean, it's just, it's free money. It's delayed money, but it's still free money. Yeah, yeah. Max out your 401k, like all of the basics. Like don't, the number one thing I feel like a lot of our people do, a lot of people do in general is not take free money. Mm-hmm. Take the free money. Yeah. It's not today money. I understand it's not right, today but money. Right, for one day. But it's free money. Yeah. That you're going to get. And they, especially, Guaranteed. especially our people, they, they <sighs> depend on, or they, they assume that we're not going to know. Right. And so they get to keep all that money because we're not asking the questions, mostly because we're not taught. Right. We don't know. You know, that's financial literacy and these kind of things. They don't teach it in school nope. unless maybe you're, you're a, a finance, finance major. major. Yeah, there you go. That's the but I couldn't, I couldn't get past math. So I dropped that and went to English. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's something that you just don't know. And so they depend on our ignorance yeah. to keep them, to keep the money in their pocket. So, um, going into race, um, you know, since we're kind of on that same vein, so how do you, do you think it played a role at all in, you know, you mentioned being rough around the edges and, you know, having to learn to play the game, you know, we've had, we have a complicated history with money in general, with Mm -hmm. negotiating, asking for what we want, financial literacy, how much, how, what's your experience as a black man working in corporate America working at these large companies where I'm sure you're in the minority. Yeah. Um, what's your experience with that? And has that impacted your ability to climb or ask for more money? It hasn't impacted my ability to ask for more money. Um, I do feel like it's impacted my ability to climb a bit. It's, um, it's frustrating though, because you have to be damn near perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be blessed upon blessed and you know, everybody's not going to get you right. Right. Um, but the one thing that I find that, that, that I guess the most frustrating is like people might not like you and you don't even know it. Like to mm-hmm. me, because I make the game simple. Like right. I, I like the game to be simple. Like, hey, I'm better than him. I'm better than him. I'm better mm-hmm. than him. I'm better than you. And you're my boss, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but at the same time, if I'm better than him, treat me as such. Right. Promote me as such. You like him better? That's fine. But I'm better. Right. You know it. They know it. Everybody knows it. It's cool. That, that's how I like to play. That's how mm-hmm. my mind works. That's not how the game is played. Right. The game is really played like, hey, this person has a relationship with this person. This person's cool with that mm-hmm. person. And, and we it's, were, it's, it's a lot of that, right? Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, the other day we were talking about, you know, you even talking about what you have. So yeah, and you purchasing new homes yeah. and you purchasing that and you're, you know. And that goes, I guess that to me, it's weird because like everybody on the team was talking about, oh, I'm about to buy a new house or Oh, I just bought a new car or, you know, I, have oh, a this beach house. I got a beach house or whatever it might be. And my wife always has to remind me that, like, they don't want to hear you talk about that. Right. So I guess it's a little frustrating for me because I'm like, hey, they talking about it. They, they got the same stuff I got. Like, we ain't no better. I mean, I'm a little bit better, but we ain't no better. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, yeah, I just got a beach house, too. They're like, where? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you just bought a, you know, $500,000 house. Yeah. I'm like, so what? Like, right. that's the same. Like, we live the same life. Yeah. 
And so you shouldn't be. We should be equal. Like, like we to sh- me, we should be equal. But it's a constant reminder that sometimes they're like, Patrick, they don't like the fact you have as much, if not more than them. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand how you could get that. I said, like, man, this was a lot of struggle. Like, I started buying houses at 23. Yeah. Like, this isn't something that just happened. I'm right. 36 years old now. So, like, get, they're looking at me like, well, how did you get this? And how did you get that? Oh, this is incremental steps. Like, right. layering one step on top of the other that now it's made my life easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm layering steps now so that 10 years from now my life is easier. Right. Like, this is a constant rinse and repeat. It's not going to stop for me. And you might just be getting started. So you can't expect just because we work at the same mm-hmm. place to be that yeah. we on the same level because I've been doing things before right. I started working here. Yeah. And doing like I just my my life is different from yours. Yeah. And to me, it's frustrating because people wanna I guess they wanna hate on that and You, you know, shouldn't I mean you shouldn't have it. According to yeah, sh- how according to society. Yeah. According to society, you shouldn't have it. You should yeah, not right. you know, you should not be buying have multiple properties. You yeah, should not, yeah, you know, all the things that you have and it's just it's not common unfortunately it's, it's not common but yeah. it will be it will be more so, common that's the thing though I don't think anything that I've ever done in my life it was challenging mm-hmm. I don't think getting the properties was challenging I don't think managing them being in grad school was challenging I don't think it was and the reason to be to, and all that to say is that if I can do it all it takes is effort yeah not all it takes is effort. It takes effort. It takes some. But luck. that's the it basis takes, of it. Takes, it. it takes some some research. It takes some know how. But all of those things, all that I didn't. Takes I didn't. Effort. I didn't know how to do those things when I was doing them. It was just, oh, I want to do this, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. Oh, I'm laying the foundation to build more stuff. Right. I do something, and I'd find out some stuff, and I'd learn some stuff. I'd fail. I'd fall back, and then mm-hmm. I'd get bigger. You know, yeah. like all of that happens. It's a continuous cycle, and so it, it. I think that's the part that frustrates me the most when you talk about they don't want me to have it. It's like. Do you think somebody handed it to me? Do right. you think it was easy? I mean, right. it was easy, but you could have done this too. Mm-hmm. In fact, you probably had better resources and know-how right. than I <laughs> so did. So you should be further along just off of Exactly. Like, just from looking at it from where economically you probably came from and I came from, you should have done yeah. this. You know? And anyway, I, I feel like that's the most frustrating part um, in this whole game is like, you know, they don't want you to necessarily have things. And that does, can, it can affect your pay. Um but again, I don't let any of that deter me because yeah. to me, the game is simple. I'm good at what I do. I do what you need me to do. I go above and beyond what you need me to do. So pay me what I want. And I think that's a helpful way when you're trying to get past the the internal dialogue that you have about like, oh, well, I'm going to here asking for money. They mm-hmm. probably think that I'm just this like lower educated or, yeah. you know, like whatever, whatever you feel like they're thinking about you. It's really none of your business what they think about you. I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> the I only don't. and I'm trying to get I'm trying to I get don't. to that point. It's none of your business what they think about you. What's your business is how much you're getting paid. Yeah. And how much you're asking for. Yeah. And so you gotta go in there informed. Yeah. You gotta know exactly You gotta know your value. Yeah. Know your know value. Know your value and, and know what you bring to the table. Because the first thing they're gonna ask you is, well, why do you think you want this? Don't stutter, don't stand or look them directly in the eye and say, Well, I worked on this project and this mm-hmm. and this and this and this is how you use us today. And just start naming the things yeah. you've done. And you said, and this might be what you determine as business as usual or, you know, every employee is doing it. But I would like for you to show me employees who are doing it if that's the way you feel. Right. Right. Because they will try to hit you with, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay, cool. Show, show me, me everyone else is, doing, else is doing, it. doing it. Show me who else is on my playing field. Because if you can't, mm-hmm. and they're going to get angry. They're probably, I mean, they're not going to get angry. They're probably just going to look at you like you're smug, but... At the same time, you have to be aggressive about what you want in this world. Nobody gives anything to yeah. you. Because our like, counterparts do it. It's who, Yeah. They walk in and they have all the audacity. Yeah. And, and without half the work being done. Right. I'll tell you a story. I, I'm not going to go too far on tangent. But what recently happened to me, I found out one of my coworkers had got a bigger bonus than me. And I recall him just telling me he was looking for things to do. Wow. <laughs> and I was sitting here like, because he was like, man, I just told, because we had lunch and he was like, man, you know, I told the boss, um, you know, I need some things to do. Like this role isn't challenging enough. And I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm working 2 a.m., 3 a.m., working on this project, this. I got, you know, I got the whole Black Friday team for the operations. I'm sitting here like, not enough shit to do. <laughs> like, I got some stuff I got money for you to do. I can hand you some stuff to do. And then he got a bigger bonus, man. I was livid. But, and then again, I get reminded they don't want you to have nothing. Yeah. So, again, 
But that made me feel very justified in asking for more money. Mm-hmm. It's like so. How did the, so? Was that the that was leading up to the ten percent? No, that was even. I asked for ten percent before that. Oh, I had asked for ten percent before that. Now, granted, the way they worked the bonuses out, they probably set the bonus level, and then I had the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then they gave me the bonus, and then you know we had, and I found out how much he got. So it was probably a couple steps. But what I will know is, come October, if I am now still not getting what I want as far as my ten percent, or if my bonus is not up to snuff, and he's still getting more than me. Oh, we're gonna be some furniture moving. <laughs> <laughs> there gonna be some conversations to be had. So, how did that ten percent conversation go? Because you said that was like the crazy, like you. Not they shouldn't ask for it, but it's a lot of money. It is. But you asked anyway because you wanted it. That's what I want. So, how did the conversation? Close mouth don't get fed, right? I mean, if you don't uh, ask, the answer is always gonna be no. Always gonna be no. So, I think the conversation went like this. Hey, look, um, I don't really know how to say this. Um, it's just something that I've been thinking about and I want a 10% raise and I'm more than prepared to tell you exactly why I think I deserve so. And she was like, okay, well, why do you think you deserve so? And I was like, okay, like I told you, listed out my accomplishments, look at my, listed out my achievements, listed out the hours I've been working, which doesn't really matter. It was just another Mm -hmm. footnote in the whole thing. I'm like, look, am I displeased with what I'm making? Not necessarily. But I do think I know my value, yeah. and I think I'm worth more. And so I'm not sitting here saying that if you don't do it, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Not saying that. I'm not saying anything at all. But what I'm asking for is this. Now the ball's in your court. I didn't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, in my head. But that's what your eyes were saying that's when you're looking at it. In my head was, the ball's in your court. Because, again, and I want to make this clear to everybody, is when you ask for something and somebody doesn't give it to you, whether it's in business or in life, it's your move after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, your spouse don't want to do something you ask them to do. All right, what are you going to do about it now? Right. Because you've made yourself clear. Now you can sit back and clearly think on, all right, they're not going to pay me this 10%. Do I really want it? I know so-and-so is going to pay me that. Mm-hmm. I can leave. Or, you know, my spouse doesn't want to do this. Okay, I can leave. Like, it's not like to have one foot out the door, but get what you want. Right. This is life. You have one. Get what you want. Don't let nobody say, no, I don't want to give it to you just because. Right. Give me a reason you don't want to give this to me. Yeah. You don't want to do this? Why? You don't like it? Well, I do. So give it to me. <laughs> so or who wins? You don't like it, some, I do. <laughs> or let someone else give it to me. Yeah. Get out of my way. My life is all about people and things getting out of my way. And if my company is in my way, <laughs> shoot, you don't have to get out of the way too, homie. That's the only way you get what you want. Because or what, what you need. Because there's a goal. Right. The goal is happiness. The goal is wealth and health, right? And if I want to get wealthy, and my company's in the way of that, hey, somebody got to yeah. move. I want you. I want my company to help me get to my goals, right? Right. Which is not expect them to make me wealthy. My look, my company's job is very simple. I'm supposed to do work for them. They're yeah, supposed they to pay you. me to do it. I'm supposed to take the money they provide me, invest it, grow it. Build on the outside. Right. Not take that money and spend it and, and go dumb doing whatever. I'm supposed to take that money and build with that. Mm-hmm. Because then, 10, 15, whatever years down the line, now I have my own shop. Whatever it is, real yeah. estate, investment, stocks, bonds, whatever it is I decide it is. Now I can say, thank you for helping me build my company. I'm out. Right. I've done, you've done your job. I've done my job for you. My time of indentured servitude is up. <laughs> I'm out. And that goes back to having a goal. Yeah. Like you mentioned, we talked again in our conversation the other day. Like if you're going to go in and you're going to ask for a certain amount of money um, or, you know, whatever you ask for, have a plan. Yeah. You know, like you went and you were like, you know what? I want more money here, here, here. Mm-hmm. I want more money so I can invest here, do this, yep. buy property, whatever, whatever. Yep. So you need to go in knowing why you, what you need the money for, not just oh, I just want more money, I just want my, but you I mean, know, really attach it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it, it helps. It, it helps. really was. I just wanted more money. I have. But look, that's kind ask, of a weak argument. I mean, that's when when you have to stand on it. If you're not as, if oh, you're no. not as, you know, headstrong as you, you going in there asking for a raise just because you want it, it's going to be easy for you to be talked down on. A hundred percent. So but know what it, what you want it for. Hundred percent. Like I'm not saying going there just be like, just because you want it is enough. Just because you want it is not enough. Because you want it and you have supporting documents. Like, hey, here's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't list the things or talk 
clearly about the things that allow you to deserve what you're asking for, I would not ask for it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would ask for it. Yeah. But <laughs> but if I I mean, because honest to God, I had no problem with what I was making and I was working on my budget one day and I looked at it and I said, What would this look like with ten percent more money? Huh. And I put it in, I said, I like how that looks. <laughs> I'm going to ask for 10% more money. I could, It could have been five. Right. But here's the thing. I don't expect them to give me 10% more. Mm-hmm. I have no reasonable expectation of that. <laughs> but what I do expect for them to give me five to seven, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And to be honest, I was cool with zero. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to know <laughs> if it could happen. No, I mean, I was cool. I mean, they, I mean, I definitely wanted my annual raise. I'm sure I'm not going to say I was cool with zero. But I mean, I would have taken my normal, you know, Three and a half to five percent, mm-hmm. you know, but which is which is standard, by yeah, the way. I mean, like, if yeah, you're negotiating, that's yeah, a, if you're three and a half to five is a standard, you know, that's cool. But if they're willing to give me, you know, Pat did ask, and he's been working hard, and all mm-hmm. this and that and the other, yeah, let's give him seven and a half, eight. Can't give him ten, but let's give him eight. Let's give him right. nine. Hey, that's higher than what you would. I mean, I'm, aim high, <laughs> aim high. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. You know, I'm gonna yeah. keep working hard for you. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. So, I mean, I think we, these are, you know, we got a lot of good takeaways. You know, the confidence is key, knowing mm-hmm. how to play the game, um, you know, not kind of taking things personally, going in there with the kind of a, a straight head, knowing yeah. what you want, knowing why you want it. You're focusing on your goals, not really worrying about what, who's getting what, um, you know, because at the end of the day, it's your money, it's your, it's your pocket. Your salary, you doing what you you know doing what doing with it what you want and need, um, and so you got to go in there and focus. I, I will correct one thing: be very worried about what other people are getting. Not not <laughs> to the point, not to the point where you're like, oh well, they're getting more than me X Y Z. But know where you at with mm-hmm. your peers. Yeah, well, yeah, that's important. No, know yeah. where you at with your peers because you could be extremely happy with your salary, then find out you're the lowest paid person by ten thousand dollars in mm-hmm. your group. That is not okay. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to be transparent about money. Yeah. Um, you know, in my in my field with my circle of entrepreneurs, we talk all the time. What are you What are you making per month with this client? Yeah. What are you charging that client? Do you yeah. think this number is good? Like, you know, I think that's the only way we can make sure that we're all. Yeah. You know, make, getting what we're earned. Customers because, do that. You act like a customer <laughs> if they had a friend. Like, what? What? what how much do they charge you? They doing that. So right, if you're yeah. an entrepreneur, why wouldn't you talk to other entrepreneurs? Yeah. Granted, there's risk inherent with that because, mm-hmm. they, you know, they could undercut your price. But if y'all are working together to try to achieve the same goals, right. that shouldn't, none, that shouldn't be happening. And I happening. say there's, money, there's enough money out here for everyone. Like, I don't, that's that's my mentality. I know you looking crazy, but uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not withholding any information about what I'm charging a client. Um, you know, money out here for everyone. It's a zero, money is a zero sum game. Let me be very, be very serious. We are not in a scarcity. Who said there's enough out here for everyone. Who said there's not enough money out here for everyone? If there was enough money out here for everyone, I, hey, for my who, people, who would be broke? Like, why are people broke right now? Because ain't enough money. I'm out here losing everyone. nothing by telling someone else what I'm making. No, you're not losing anything. But don't ever say there's <laughs> no money. There's money enough out money out here to be made so that I don't have to undercut the next person. I don't have to withhold information. I don't have to not I, put people on game. I will agree that everybody can eat. Without you having to cut anybody's knees off from underneath. Okay, well, how about that? Everybody can that. eat. Everybody you you can happy eat. with that one? Everybody yeah, can eat. But there ain't enough money to go around. <laughs> and definitely ain't. It's a zero-sum game. Not with uh, Jeff Bezos about to be the first trillionaire. Nah, he, he taking it all. That's ridiculous. He don't need all that money. You got to understand, like, when money, is it, like, it goes out from one person's hands and it, you know, goes into another's. And all of the money in the world is going to him. We got to stop buying from Amazon. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, anybody want to make a black Amazon? <laughs> right. <We need>. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. On <the> it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is crazy. How like he is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is a trillion dollars. He will never see all that money in his lifetime. And we can't even rob him. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. <laughs> even billionaires, they're not going to see that money. Nah, I mean most of it. Now nah, you're not going to see it. Most millionaires aren't going to see that money. No, that's not true. A million dollars is really not that much money. I mean, no. A million dollars. I mean, when we're talking about millionaires, we're talking about one million to 999 million or whatever. So how many million do you expect someone to have that they won't see in their lifetime? I think when you reach maybe like 20, 30. 
You think that twenty, thirty million dollars is enough money? I mean, to depending last on how you, you live. A I'm not saying to last you, but you're not gonna if you're and making your if you if you we ain't talking about the children. We're <laughs> talking about us. I don't think. I think after a certain point, unless you're like unless your expenses are out of this world, you just continue to just buy more, do more, do more. I don't think it's really possible to see and touch and feel every dollar that you earn after a certain point. You understand the like, I mean, could you? I mean, even you, you put your money. You, I mean, you can you can put your bills on auto draft if you wanted to. You're not going to mm-hmm. feel the impact of the bills coming out. I mean, you you always want to make more money, but like for someone, there are so many people who you know making millions. They're not even writing check. They're not even doing that stuff themselves. They're not even seeing that money. I mean, I feel what you're saying. I just, How much do you think it would take for you to not for a millionaire to not see or not feel the impact of all that money? Not to feel the impact of all that money, it's gonna be over a hundred million for me. And the reason I say that is because once you start to make a couple million dollars, the things you start to buy start to change. And right. It's like just the houses you start to buy, not mm-hmm. just the properties you live in, the properties you invest in. So properties you invest in start to cost ten million dollars. They start to cost five million dollars. So at a certain point, things start to astronomically get more expensive. You start to make a lot more money off of those things, mm-hmm. but a bad investment can cost you like this. Look at a lot of those NBA players. Like um, Anton Walker, he had $150 million. It's all gone. Damn. Bad investments. And so some of the, I know a lot of people look at you know basketball NFL players and say, oh, man, these guys just run through their money. And most of them do. Mm-hmm. But other guys have invested and you know had to got some bad right. deals, and it's gone because when you, let's say you have a couple of, of bad deals when you made that kind of money, you could still go broke. And so it's... I don't, I it must really be hell of a deal. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm I doing know. small investments. I'm doing like houses I can pay cash for and just flip them, like you know, fifty, hundred. I mean, hundred fifty. That's what you do now. But if you had a hundred million dollars in your bank, well, why wouldn't you go look at a ten million dollar property? See, everything is relative. Everything in life is relative. To me, two hundred pairs, two hundred dollar pair of sneakers is not expensive. Right. To someone else, that's a lot of money. To Diddy, that's not even a penny. Right. You know, like so I look at Diddy, he walking, you know, Balenciaga and Gucci. I'm like, man, that set me set me back. To me, that's like those two hundred dollars shoes. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it just it's all relative. And so even with you go to properties and people look at these big houses and expand, you know, and I don't I don't really look at property like that. I'm always looking at property like, huh, I could get it. Mm-hmm. If you take the steps, property is one of those. Th- I think property is probably the biggest areas where people make deals and could lose. Mm-hmm. Especially that's why I keep mentioning Antoine Walker and 150 million in property deals, just because of that. Because I feel like if you have, if you're in real estate and you have over 100 million dollars, oh, you could feel that money because it could be gone like that. That's that's fair. That is fair. Just now, if you don't buy nothing, <laughs> right. you, can live, hey, you can live good on $20 million. I would agree with you. You could live good on $20 million if you didn't buy anything. Yeah, if you weren't into investments. Yeah, you if were you were just, just like, hey, I'm going sit, to sit back with this, you know, just cash, take a regular family vacation, mm-hmm. you know, you live in a regular nine to five right. lifestyle with $20 million. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. But if you black AF, like the on um, black AF, he was just, I mean, he bought everything. Yeah. Private jet. I exactly. Mean, yeah. So Think about that. Right. Yeah, your expenses go up. Oh, I'm not going to fly. I'm not going to fly on a regular commercial flight. I'm going to get a private jet because I got it like that. Shoot, I got one big client contract and I was like, how much these first class tickets look like? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't, I ain't flying coach no more. I ain't never flown first class. I have Business class. not either. Business I don't class think only. I have. No, I have not flown yeah. first class intentionally. I mean, I've gotten like a free upgrade or something. Right. But so, yeah, well, I appreciate you. No problem. Um, you Thank know, before you, you head on back down the road, making that long drive back to Austin. 20 hours, bro. Ooh. I appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and chat with me. So, of course, before we end every episode, got to do a win of the week and a woe of the week. So, um, I guess I you want me to yeah, go? Yeah, you go ahead and go first. So, uh, let's see. Let's start with the, the woe of the week. Um, dang, it's been a pretty good week. Well, you know, you know, staying busy, uh... Work has picked up tremendously. So, um, well, I'll, you know, the win. I set a financial goal for my business. It was a big, audacious goal that I did not really believe was possible. Um, and I reached it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I, I passed it by almost 2,000. So, that's awesome. um, you know, that was a testament to me 
you know, being bold and being aggressive and, you know, raising my rates and standing firm and, you know, just things that scared me. If it scared me, I'm like, okay, this is how I know I need to do it. And so, um, you know, I just put myself out there, raised my rates. And so I met my financial goal. So I'm super happy about that. Um, the woe of the week, uh, on that same vein, uh, you know, raise my rates, (laughs) 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 send a proposal to a client, um, and I'm, I'm excited about the client and I don't know that we're not going to work together, but I don't, I think they had a little bit of sticker shock mm-hmm. and I had to, you know, kind of give myself a pep talk and know that this isn't them, that that's on them. You right. know, like if someone tells me no, or if someone pushes back, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything right. to do with what they're willing to spend. Absolutely. And so, you know, having to give myself, you know, I sent the proposal, I felt really good about it and they came back and they were like, uh, don't think that's going to work. Like, is there any way to get this down? And so, you know, that it wasn't a no. It was a, you know, how are we gonna how are we gonna get this down? And so I had to, you know, think about it and not in a defensive standpoint of like, yeah. oh now I gotta prove my worth, but like, okay, here these are some options for you on how we can get the price down. Yeah. It's still something that I'm comfortable with. It's still yeah. something that, you know, I feel like I would, you know, be making a profit and stuff like that. But it kinda knocked me off my peg a little bit because I was feeling real good when I sent the proposal and I was like, dang. <laughs> and she responded at like Midnight. So mm. I was like, dang. Now I gotta think about this and I go to bed. That's negotiation. Right. Man. It's negotiation. It's negotiation. Never take the first offer. She would have been a sucker if she had took the first right, offer. Right, exactly. Or you would have been a And so but when I, when clients do take the first offer, I'm like, dang, I didn't You didn't do it. Yeah, I didn't exactly. go high enough. Exactly so right. So um, you know, it was it's a lesson. It's you know, it's ongoing. I'm still waiting to hear back from her, but you know, I had to it was it was my you know, work negotiating and, and really standing firm in, in my new rates and, mm-hmm. and what I know I deserve. Um, even if I have to come down a little bit, I have to make sure I'm not compromising my value. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's a learning experience. So it's not a, it's not a failure. It's not a full woe, but it is a learning experience that I'm in the middle of right now. So. Okay. What about you? Good, sir. Um, my win of the week could have been a woe of the week. So I'll start there. Um, well, two wins of the week kind of sort of, but let me go start with the first win. First win, I got to spend some time with my family, my mom, Yay. my sister, my brother, um, my stepbrother. I mean, everybody was here. So I got to come here and spend some time and they all got to spend some time with my daughter, which is awesome. So always good to be about around family and just get to spend some quality time because being in Texas, I don't get to do that very often. Yes. Uh, and, with this, and with here. this coronavirus, you know, it's um, not having family around. It can, can be challenging just us three in the house. And so it was good <laughs> just to get away um, and spend some time with family. Um, another win, which could have been a woe, um, was the fact that I got into a bad investment at the end of last week. Oof. And, um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take a loss on this one. And I did, but I said, hey, I'm gonna make it back by the end of the week. And I did. Oh, so that so was also did. a good win. But the woe, I would probably definitely say it's going to be this 20 hour drive. Oh yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> this, That's this taking place in just a yeah, few hours. In a few hours, I'm going to get up and get on the road. So, um, it's definitely a woe, but I think for no matter what, it's going to be worth it because, you know, again, got to spend some time with family and right. I didn't lose no money in the process. Right. Hey, that's a win all around. So yeah. I would tell the people how to get in touch with you, but I don't think <laughs> that you would. No, I don't, are your are your social media uh, uh, platforms uh, <laughs> open? And <laughs> I mean, hit me on Instagram, uh, but not on Facebook at all. Please don't hit him on Facebook. <laughs> You'll be in the comment section arguing frequently. Yeah, yeah Facebook can get out of control. I just it's like my stream of consciousness and I don't you even, use Facebook I, the way people the way you're supposed to use Twitter right and you just refuse to get on there I, I was thinking about it but then I was like nah cause then that'd be defeat <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna stay off uh, Twitter but uh, yeah if you wanna find me on Instagram I think it's uh, P underscore Hall 25 um, yeah and um, if you even wanna email me uh, PatrickVHall at gmail.com if you got any questions about you know money investments negotiations any of that I'd be glad to. Also, if you want that budget spreadsheet, because it's really exhaustive and and, and great. I I can pare it down for you. You can, you know, send me a couple emails and we can talk about what you're looking for. And I can pare it down and build it up to to the strength. I think I might start selling those for $99.95. I mean, that's actually, a, I mean, people do that all the time. You could be making great money off of that. I just don't. The one thing about that is I really hate to give that to people. Because I know nobody's going to use it. We're not going to say nobody, but it's hard to get people to use a budget that you haven't created because it's not how your mind works. Right, right. So if you do want help creating a budget, what I can do is talk to you and figure out how your mind works and kind of what works for you and then tell you the steps that it takes to build a successful budget. I love that. Because for me, 
all I know is how my mind works and what works for me. Mm-hmm. But what works for you might be different. So you need to start. Th- I can put you in the mindset of how to think about creating a budget. You do that and then kind of uh, being able to manage it. So Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a, a great thing you can offer people. Um, might need to turn that into a little uh, side hustle. Side hustle. Side people, I mean, hey, that's a, that's creating a custom budget. I think that's that's really smart. I think it is. Um, but all right. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. I appreciate you. And uh, until next time, people, you know where to find me. I'm on uh, Instagram at Jana M. Hall and Facebook by the same name. If you have any questions, you can email us at foreverfunemployed at gmail.com. Um, and until next time. <laughs>